0: All right, welcome to the Live San Diego podcast. I'm your host, Wesley Guest. Here we talk about everything San Diego, like where to eat, sleep, drink, work, live, and play in America's finest city. It's true, prices are absolutely skyrocketing in residential real estate right now. If you're selling a home, most markets are seeing an average of just a few days on market before escrow or contract, at most. So the market is great, right? Not necessarily. In this video, I want to explain exactly what is happening in the market right now, and why it's bad for home buyers, home sellers, and even home owners in some cases, and why we might be facing massive problems in real estate, so stay tuned. All right, what is up everyone? I'm your man Wesley Guest and like I said in this video we're going to talk about the massive problems that are happening in the residential real estate market. Specifically we're going to talk about the ridiculous lack of real estate inventory to buy, the blessing and the curse of multiple offers, foreclosures and forbearance, and the lack of new homes for sale. And make sure to stick around until the end. I have four tips that'll help you navigate the market so you don't run into any of these issues so many are facing right now and you can achieve success in this ultra-competitive real estate market. This is gonna be information you absolutely need to know if you're in the process of buying a home, selling a home, or you're a homeowner. And if you or someone you know is thinking about moving to, from, or inside of San Diego, don't be shy about getting a hold of me. I love making videos like this, but the truth is I love helping amazing people like yourself get into the real estate game even more. All right, so let's dive right in. So when we look back on 2020, besides the virus, I think one of the biggest storylines is going to be the absolute lack of homes for sale. Think low inventory for buyers to buy. You've probably heard, but home loan or mortgage rates right now are at all-time lows. They're expected to stay low for the foreseeable future, at least into about 2023 is what most of the forecasters say, at the earliest. I believe, as do many of the experts, this is probably going to be the lowest interest rates we ever see in our lifetimes. Last week's rates were around 27 2.8% on a 30-year conforming mortgage rate or on a mortgage loan. Compare that to just a few years ago when a great home layer Home loan rate was considered 6%, 6.3%. 6, 6. I remember when they dropped to the sixes, people were going crazy. Historically, rates have even been as high as the teens. Imagine buying a home and your mortgage rate was 14%. Seriously, that was the norm and not so distant time ago in real estate. Low rates are luring home buyers, especially first time home buyers, out of the rental market and into the residential real estate market. We all know the most common path to wealth is through real estate. You buy your first home, hold it for a bit, build some equity, maybe a new addition or two to the family. You sell, buy something a little nicer, a little bit bigger with that equity, and the cycle continues. That's a viable course of action and it works in most markets. First problem home buyers, especially first home home buyers, are having is actually getting into contract on a home right now. The act of buying a home or condo is super competitive. I'm not kidding. It's not uncommon in my market, for most markets right now, to see double digit numbers on offers like tens. 20, 30 offers on a single property. Why so you might ask? San Diego has been a seller's market. This is going to be the case for most Southern California locations, probably similar in most of the larger cities and suburbs throughout the state, at least for the last 12 years or so. Not enough good homes and condos for sale to meet the buyer demand. A normal figure for the last few years would be around or about two and a half months of inventory, give or take, is usually what we see. By the way, I have other videos explaining specific real estate. as statistics and I go pretty deep on them, but for now, just know anything below about three to four months of inventory for sale is a seller's market. Anything between about four to six months is usually considered a balanced market by most, and anything over six months, you start to turn into a buyer's market. We start to see short sales around six months, foreclosures start to appear around seven months or more. So right now, we're seeing inventory numbers at right around one to one and a half months of inventory. That is crazy low. A couple reasons for this. Number one, going to be the virus. Many would-be sellers are simply waiting out the pandemic. Would you want a bunch of people touring your home during a worldwide pandemic? Most likely not unless you had to. The result is the homes we're seeing on the market tend to be vacant homes or they're going to be sellers that really need to sell. Number two is going to be sellers are afraid to sell. Why? Well after they sell they become a buyer in most cases and face the same issues other home buyers are facing right now. But if they can't get into contract on the new home they're trading up to, maybe downsizing to. They're going to be part of the fold, one of those 15 or 20 authors another seller is selecting from. Do they have the means, the grit, and an agent up to task to get them accepted above all the other buyers? It's pretty scary out there. Another problem of which I just alluded to is getting your offer selected by a seller. This means you need to offer top dollar, amazing seller friendly terms, and have competitive financing in place. All right, and this kind of sucks but it's the truth. Whether you agree or not, most sellers are not even going to consider any type of buyer who has government backed financing such as an FHA loan, maybe a VA loan. The reason being is that they view them as being more complicated to close, exposed to more issues, less stable than say conventional financing. A cash buyer is going to dominate in most cases. We're strictly talking about finance buyers right now. As a buyer, be prepared to offer over asking price, sometimes as much as 20 grand, 30 grand, even 50 grand in some cases. It depends on the price of the house, of course. In a normal market, you're essentially protected from overpaying unknowingly or knowingly on a property by your appraisal and appraisal contingency. Uh, Many buyers in an effort to stand out are waiving their appraisal contingencies right now. This is gonna be a quick example to show you what would happen if you offered 45,000 over asking price, let's say, and your home appraisal came back at asking price. So imagine this with me. You find your perfect home, absolutely ideal for the family, perfect street, near the best school, close to the shopping center, the house checks, all the boxes, it's everything you've been looking for. Before you submit your offer, your agent informs you there are 12 other buyers bidding for the same property. This is what's happening. right now. Very, very, very typical scenario. Now, you're not only including your brain in negotiations at this point, your emotions are in the mix as well. In fact, they're in the driver's seat for the most part. See where this is going? The home is listed for sale at $600,000, let's say. In order to beat out the other buyers, you decide to offer $645,000 to the seller, including a waiver of your appraisal contingency. This is in addition to the great terms for timing, such as a quick close, reduced contingency timeframes, and a few other minor, minor things you can tweet. Seller accepts your offer, you go into contract. Nine days later, your appraisal is in and it states an opinion of value from the appraiser for $600,000. This essentially means if the seller will not renegotiate with you, of course, you are on the hook for an extra $45,000 in cash due at close. So if you've been saving your down payment for years, let's say, you were planning to put down 10% for the sale, $60,000. Now your cash to close instead of $60,000 becomes a that's not even including your closing costs. Closing costs usually run anywhere between 2 to 5%. That's a daunting, if not impossible, figure for many. Or let's say you're lucky enough to find a home that's been on market a few weeks. It's doubtful you got lucky. More than likely, you've found a home that is overpriced or even worse, has significant issues. In an emotionally driven market like this, think, gotta get this thing in contract before the other buyers find it. You end up going into contract, paying more than you should, taking on more debt that's pulling you farther away from gaining long-term equity and you were probably taking on whatever issue was responsible for making that home sit on market for that long. It's absolutely brutal to be a buyer right now. It's hard to be a seller because once you sell you're going to become the buyer in most cases. All right another avenue to go in real estate is going to be new construction and that's facing some problems as well. This is a different beast than the real estate market but the virus and the recent surge of wildfires and a few other things has made its mark here as well. In other markets and times let's say you tore a model home, it's a new build project, decide it's the home for you, you pick out a lot, you pick out your finishes, the builder might offer you several incentives, re- specials, etc. on the price, the financing, discounts for the upgrades. We're not seeing that right now. Zero incentives. And prices are climbing here as well. Supplies is a huge problem right now. Lumber is a huge concern. Lumber as a commodity has been increasing prices for years. But this year, the year has nearly doubled. These costs are being passed directly down to you as the buyer. All right. So the obvious next thing is, well, what if I wait it out? What if you decide to rent or continue renting until the market cycles? back down. Prices have to start slowing down soon, right? This is crazy. Well, what if it doesn't? Prices will slow down at some point, even cycle backward at some point. But when? Will they increase another 20%, cycle back 15%, climb another 40%, cycle back 20? Nobody really knows. It's impossible to predict when that would happen. This is a personal decision you need to make. Just keep this in mind. It's something that motivated me to make my first real estate move a few years ago. And maybe it will impact your decision as well. I read somewhere that over 51% of people will remain renters their entire life. It's tough to build true wealth if that's the case. Don't get me wrong, real estate isn't the only way to build wealth. I get that 100%, but it's definitely a popular and proven way to do it. The final topic I wanted to talk about or mention was mortgage forbearances. You're hearing about that a lot. There's a ton of popular YouTube videos out there right now on on the mortgage forbearance crisis. I think for the most part, those videos are often recorded and published to get increased views, right? Good news doesn't sell bad news sells right I hate seeing anyone having hardship or financial hardship especially losing their home that being said some of the mortgage forbearance statistics previously reported appear to be homeowners strategically opting for that option hold that payment and cash penalty free just to see what happens during the virus crisis thanks to the cares Act we are seeing people opt out recently and back on track big motivator here is going to be refis a lot of homeowners are refining right now and you can't do a refi if you're in a forbearance program. Even if the unthinkable happened and we start to see foreclosures, the inventory is so low right now. I do not think, as the public, we would see them anyway. The big hedge funds or i buyers are ready this time around, and they will buy up that inventory long before it ever hits the market as REO for sale, like it did back in 2008, 9, and 10. Very different market. I don't know that we would ever see those REOs again. And don't get me wrong, this video. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer about the state of the market. There are many positives right now. It's definitely not all doom and gloom. I just want to present to you a true snapshot of what is really happening in the real estate market right now and what you can expect if you're thinking of buying or selling any real estate. That being said, here's a few tips I came up with to help you be successful in this market. Tip number one is an obvious one, but it's one that people overlook, is going to be get your financing straight. This means working with a lender who's local in most cases. It kind of sucks, but the truth is if a seller and her or his agent are going through 12 offers received and yours is backed with a pre-approval offer from a lender in another state or location is unclear, let's say, it's going in the trash. The agent will most likely present it as they have to, but it will follow up with a stern warning to the seller on the additional headaches a non-local lender can bring. Good example is with a client I just helped. Problem here was that the lender got to him before I did. So at one point, the original lender from out of state, I won't mention which one, because when I do, you know, Exactly which one it is, tried to tell me I didn't need to worry about a townhome in San Diego being VA approved because it's a townhome. In California, a townhome is a condominium. Hence, you need VA approval to use VA financing. The property in question was not VA approved. If we had pursued that deal, it would have never closed. We would have frustrated the seller, the agent, (laughs) me, that lender who told me it was good to go, and the buyer. I can tell you a local lender would know the laws in California and would never have said that. Tip number two is going to be if you have a home or real estate to sell, you need to get it under contract or better yet, sell it before you start home shopping. If you're in a multiple offer situation, again, there's 12 other offers and you have a home sale contingency, your offer is going to be the first one to be eliminated. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. I understand you don't want to be homeless in between your home sale and your home purchase. Of course. Maybe think of a scenario that works for you. You Just got to be creative. Maybe you rent a short term rental in your target neighborhood as you home shop. Maybe you live with a family member, maybe a good friend, any scenario that allows you to sell first and home shop second. All right, so tip number three is going to be to pick an agent up to task, and that can help you craft an amazing strategy to get your real estate goals accomplished. And tip number four is just to make sure to keep the end in mind. You want to have absolute clarity. You're buying or selling real estate for a reason, whether it's getting the family into that absolute dream neighborhood next to that amazing school. Maybe it's selling your home so you can move up or downsize that ocean view beach cottage you've always dreamed about. Whatever it might be, a little pain up front is nothing compared to the end goal and what you want or want the most. It will be so worth it, trust me. Alrighty, so that's my take on the current market and what's really happening, at least as I'm experiencing it. There are some massive pitfalls you can step into if you are not careful and aware of exactly what is happening. You have comments to add, please by all means do so. I love to read other opinions and experiences on the matter. And don't forget, if you or someone you know is thinking about moving to from or inside San Diego, don't be shy about getting a hold of me. I love making these videos, but the truth is I love helping amazing people like yourself get into the real estate game even more. Thank you for watching or listening if you're on the podcast and check back soon. I publish at least one video per week, usually more. See you on the next one. All right. That's all I've got for today. To learn more about San Diego, make sure to hit that subscribe button and please leave me a review and make sure to check out and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Live San Diego, and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. If you are even thinking about moving to anywhere in the San Diego area, make sure to give me a call, shoot me a text, send me an email, because if there is anything I can do to help you with your real estate needs, I will 100% make it happen.